0: Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Taryn Elliott about her wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. And I thought you guys would be interested to hear about her wedding, as well as all of the different events that she incorporated into a whole wedding weekend, including a welcome breakfast and a wishes party as a treat for her parents. So welcome, Taryn. Thanks so much, Carrie, for having me. I'm thrilled to be on. So I'd love to find out how you and your fiancé decided that you wanted to get married at Walt Disney World and you wanted to have a Wishes event.
1: So I grew up as one of those kids who went to Disney World all the time. It was kind of our family thing. Um, We're members of the vacation club and we always um, availed ourselves of the opportunity to go down there uh, as much as possible. And when TC and I started dating, he then joined my family on those vacations. He hadn't been to Disney as often as I had. But uh, he had a great time and it just became kind of a happy place for the both of us with lots of happy memories, you know, where you can escape the world. And we thought, what better place to have a wedding? So when we were kind of deciding and weighing our options, that was always kind of in the forefront of our mind as something that we might be interested in doing. And then in terms of on the logistical end and the kind of practical side of things, you know, we weren't really looking to have a 200, 300 person affair as some of these kind of, I'm from New Jersey, uh, these Northeastern weddings can sort of become. And so it was a good way for us to have a smaller wedding, keep the guest count down, keep the costs overall down and really have you know, what it was that that we were looking for with the number of people and just close friends and family that that we were looking to have. If that wasn't enough, my maid of honor actually was in a Disney wedding a couple of years ago. And so when I had kind of thrown the idea out that I was looking into doing this, she connected me with her cousin, who was a former Disney bride. She was kind enough to sit down with me and show me kind of her planning book and her old beo and talk me through some of the options i actually ended up picking a lot of similar venues and vendors that she had and so it was kind of like a built-in sounding board you know idea factory and just someone that i could go to to kind of you know geek out about all things disney weddings. so it was kind of just all of those things in one led us to to choosing a disney wedding
0: Wow, that's awesome. It's like you had your very own personal message board full of Disney brides just that you could
1: walk up to. <laughs> I did. I did use the disboards though. There are never enough resources for someone like me. So yes, in addition to having her, I definitely used the Diz boards and listened to the podcast, read your book, of course, and things like that. But yes, it was very nice to have somebody who had the BEO that she could show to me because I knew exactly kind of you know, what, what I was getting into and pricing for things and stuff like that. So yeah, that was definitely a big help.
0: That's great. So how did your friends and family react when they found out that you were going to get married at Walt Disney World?
1: You know, I think everybody had a really positive reaction. In fact, I've been listening to the podcast for a while now, and I was thoroughly prepared for the people, maybe the skeptics who hadn't been to Disney World in a while or who were a little reluctant to travel across the country. You know, our family is largely based in New England and New Jersey, but we have a fair amount of family on the West Coast and in the South and things like that. And so I wasn't really sure if people were going to be willing to make the trip out and if they'd be enthusiastic about it. And so I came in expecting people to maybe grumble about the Disney wedding thing. And I got the complete opposite. So it just goes to show that I guess what you expect is never going to be what it ends up being. But everybody was extremely excited, at least everybody that I spoke to, friends, family. Everyone was thrilled to be able to go down to Florida. We picked a time of year that we have a lot of teachers in the family and kids. And so we picked a time of year during the summer that folks could make the trip down. And so I think that helped out. Nobody had to kind of request large amounts of vacation on that end of things. And we also, TC and I, my husband, both have a fair amount of family in Florida. So I think that also helped because a lot of our family members and friends don't get to see those folks in Florida all the time. So I think that added a little something. I think people were excited to kind of have that mini family reunion, which is what it sort of ended up being. It was really great.
0: That's very cool. How many guests did you invite and how many ended up making the trip?
1: So we invited just over 150. And my entire, even before I knew that, the guest list and who I was going to invite. And before I had it all laid out, I had a number that we were going to have 80 in my head. That was what I had gone in with. And I was oh, arbitrary. I just kind of, uh, you know, in my head, it was going to be 80. And we ended up with 75. So numbers wise, budgeting wise, it ended up being really good. And then in terms of that's a, a good, you know, it felt like a bigger wedding with lots of people, but also intimate at the same time. It was, it was just the right number for us, I think.
0: That's great. Yeah. And that's a great response rate.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, how did you guys decide on your ceremony and your reception venues?
1: So interestingly, when we were penciling in at the 16-month mark, as many Disney brides, I I reached out before the 16-month mark and tried desperately to get information from anybody on the phone. And they kind of said, pump the brakes uh, crazy, you know, (laughs) we'll we'll get back to you at the 16-month mark to pencil you in for your dates. And so I had a couple of months before that cutoff date where I was thinking about venues and things like that. And so we had decided, actually, which is not where we ended up having the wedding, but we had a seabreeze point ceremony at about 5 p.m. followed by an Atlantic Atlantic Dance Hall reception. So we still wanted fireworks. That was a big priority for us. And so no matter what we did, it was going to have a firework component, but we thought from the Atlantic Dance Hall, you would be able to see illuminations, things like that. So we were a go. You know, we actually got penciled in for those locations. Well, we picked a date in July and a couple of backups in August and things like that. So right at the 12-month mark when you go into the lottery if need be, a couple of days before then, I had like a nightmare that I was at my ceremony at Seabreeze Point in the middle of July in, you know, at 5 p.m. in crazy heat and, you know, my makeup was melting off <laughs> and I had sweat marks on my dress. It's just like a typical wedding dream. I think I, you know, hopefully these dreams cease at some point. But, you know, I just thought about it. And I, I thought to myself, you know what, it's gonna be a little hot. I had kind of talked it through with, with a couple of folks, a couple of my vendors that I had been working with at the time. I said, what do you think about maybe if we changed the venue, things like that. And we just decided it was the right thing to have air conditioning (laughs) in July for us and for our guests. And so we ended up moving, at that 12-month mark, moving the whole plan over to the wedding pavilion because I think with the exception of a couple of ballroom locations and maybe a few other things, that's pretty much the air-conditioned location for ceremonies. So, um, and then we built kind of the rest of the day around that. There was still the option for fireworks. Everything is kind of centrally located there at the Grand Floridian. And, uh, you know, I thought, in addition to it being nice and cool in there, it was more of a traditional choice, which I liked because at the time, we weren't going to have a church wedding. We actually ended up having a church wedding right before we went down to Disney, but it was in that sort of, you know, I liked the traditional feel of the wedding pavilion and it just seemed wedding-y to me and, you know, I couldn't have been happier with the, with the choice and the, the switch, but it wasn't our original plan, interestingly enough.
0: Interesting. And so then you changed away from
1: Atlantic Dance Hall also? I did change away from Atlantic Dance Hall. So again, the fireworks, (laughs) people may think I'm nuts, but we really built the day around the fireworks. And so I couldn't see a scenario where I, I ran it through in my head and without lots of travel time and things like that, where we'd be able to have a later ceremony and still make it over to the Atlantic Dance Hall for illuminations. I probably could have made it work if there wasn't the option of having wishes the viewing spot at the Grand Floridian that we ended up using. If that wasn't an option, I probably would have moved more things around to make the Atlantic Dance Hall work. But I liked the idea of not necessarily having to bus folks around too much and things like that. So we ended up just doing it all at the Grand Floridian. Which ballroom did you use? So we had the St. Augustine ballroom. We had A through C, so we didn't take up quite the entire St. Augustine ballroom, but most of it. And it was lovely in there. I mean, we I added enough, you know, you know, going in that if, if you go with a ballroom location, you may need to spend a little more on decor to make it look a, a little bit less like a, you know, a ballroom, <laughs> a standard ballroom. And so we did add a couple of additional decor elements like uplighting and higher center pieces and things like that to just add the effect, you know, that maybe wouldn't have been needed at the Atlantic dance hall, but all in all, it was, uh, it was fabulous.
0: Before we go on, I'd love to hear a little bit about having your, I I assume it was a Catholic ceremony at home before you left, because I do see a lot of questions from Catholic brides about whether they should have their ceremony and then do their vow renewal, basically, at Disney, or if they should get married at Disney and then have a convalidation ceremony. And of course, it's very personal, but I know they like to hear about the different options.
1: So what we had done, my husband, let me just preface this by saying, is not Catholic. So, and I am. So getting married in the Catholic church, I had just, I hadn't even looked into it. I had assumed that because I had heard other things and, you know, it varies place to place, but I had just kind of assumed that we wouldn't be able to get married in the church until he had, you know, gone through a few sacraments, things like that, you know, the things that are required. And so it was funny because I reached out, so we got married in July. I reached out to my church that that we are parishioners at in February just to say hey you know we're interested in convalidation you know what kind of steps can we take while we're still in wedding mode and you know still kind of in the zone what what steps can we start to take to be able to do this someday and actually I I may have a particularly lenient church or they love us cuz we're parishioners or something but they actually said we can make this work for you ahead of time if you're okay with being legally married ahead of time in the church. So what we ended up doing was, of course, we were we never would have kind of passed on the whole Disney thing, especially that close out, but it was, it was our dream. So we were always going to get married in Disney. But what we were able to do was coordinate with the church. We had a very, very low-key church ceremony. And by low-key, I mean no floral, <laughs> no dresses, no um, pomp and circumstance. It was just, I had my maid of honor my brother was TC's best man, and then the two sets of parents. So we were eight folks in all. That's it. And we went to lunch right after. It was a very kind of casual thing, but perfect for for what we were, you know, what we were looking for. And we were able to plan it in just those couple of months. And it took place on Saturday, June twenty fifth, and we got married in Disney on Sunday, July third. And so it was very close to one another. You know, we didn't have this kind of large gap where you know, it felt like we had a big, long, stretched out wedding week, essentially. You know what I mean? So um, when we celebrate our anniversaries and things like that, you know, we'll be celebrating that period of time that week. So it worked out very well for us. If we hadn't had the option of having our legal ceremony in the church, then we would have pursued convalidation. I think that it's a little more challenging from what I understand, but it's something that was important to us. And we were going to have our marriage recognized by the Catholic Church in some way or another. It just so happened to have worked itself out.
0: <laughs> okay, this is great stuff, really helpful. So going back to the Disney wedding, can you tell me a little bit about whether you had a theme or colors and how you incorporated that into the event?
1: So it's funny because I did have a theme at first and I was obsessed with Pinterest boards and you know looking up all these photos of things and I had an image of my mind of a Great Gatsby Roaring 20 theme. Unfortunately, I did not stick to that. I, I you know, started incorporating a lot of different elements, and it, they didn't necessarily all kind of fall under that Great Gatsby Roaring Twenties umbrella. So it was funny because I was reminded of my theme when my photo booth attendant reached out about a month before the wedding just to check in and do his due diligence and say, you know, let's make sure that everything's in order. And he said, okay, so I'm going to be bringing Great Gatsby-themed props and I said, "Oh, wait a second, no, no. <laughs> We've lost that theme completely somewhere in, somewhere in, you know, between me signing the contract and him reaching out to me a month ahead of time. So, you know, I had always, I had always planned on having my color, Be red. We went with red because not only do I love red lipstick, not that that's a reason to plan your entire wedding color and theme around, but I also thought it went well with the fact that we had a Fourth of July weekend wedding. And it was also easy for me to incorporate some Disney elements with the red because I had a lot of black and white and then some kind of pops of red in there. And for instance, our sweetheart table signs were Mickey and Minnie. Heads with the bow tie and bow in red, so it matched everything. You know, it was, I was able to take credit for tying in lots of different things that I didn't actually think of ahead of time, but now sound very good, you know? So I also used the castle a lot in terms of my stationery. So my invitations for the wedding, the invitations that were sent around for my welcome breakfast that I hosted. There were a couple of other things too that we had the castle in silver. That was my other color. We had red and kind of sparkly silver were my two colors that I incorporated a lot. So Disney, I think some folks have wonderful themes and I wish that I could have kind of gone ahead with that great Gatsby theme and made something great out of it. But I think that Disney is a great theme on its own, you know? So I was able to really, like I said, use that castle theme and just incorporate little Disney elements that gave it a theme without being a real theme that went throughout the entire ceremony and reception.
0: Okay. So can you tell me about what the most and least important aspects were when you were planning and focusing your budget or just the time that you were spending?
1: I thought about this. I spent the most time and energy, oddly enough, on my cocktail hour, which I didn't even end up going to. <laughs> so for whatever reason, the timeline of the day was such that we had a very late dinner. So we had a late, later ceremony late cocktail hour to incorporate the fireworks. That was part of our cocktail hour. And then the reception started at 9.30 p.m. after the Fourth of July fireworks show is at 9 p.m. instead of Wishes, which is at 10 p.m. So that was a little, in terms of scheduling, I had to figure that out. But because I figured people would be absolutely starving by the time cocktail hour rolled around at 8 p.m., I really focused on beefing that up and making sure that there were lots of items lots of options for people and that it was just kind of a a nice experience. Like I said, it was an hour long cocktail hour, but then we had fireworks incorporated. So it was actually an hour and 15 by the time it was all said and done. So people spent a significant amount of time at cocktail hour. And again, in my head, this was something important that you know needed to run smoothly and, and be great. So I added on quite a few additional food items to the kind of standard package. We ended up having, and, and it required a lot, quite a bit of back and forth with my planner and with the chefs because I wanted sort of lots of different options. So I wanted, you know, I would go back and ask them, can you give me kind of a Mexican Southwestern food option? Can you give me a Mediterranean food option? Can you give me an American food option? Things like that. And so we kind of played back and forth with that. And then, like I said, at the end of the day, I didn't even go to cocktail hours. So... I have not gotten my video back yet, but from what I've heard from everybody, I haven't seen anything from the cocktail hour yet, but people thought it was great. We ended up actually going indoors when we were supposed to be outdoor. It got cold for rain. That was the one outdoor component that I had of the day, but even going indoors, it was uh, was great, and people were not starving by the time the reception came around, so it served its purpose, all of my time and energy. But it was just when I think back on the planning process, I spent an inordinate amount of time worrying about cocktail hour when I could have been worrying about probably some other things. Interesting. Yeah, so that's probably the most. That's what I focused the most on. And then the least, I don't, I don't think I focused very much on floral. It's just not a particular priority for me. My bridesmaids carried brooch bouquets, and the groomsman, TC, decided he didn't want a boutonniere. So none of the groomsmen had boutonniers. And then we reused our ceremony floral at the reception and turned them into centerpieces and added some crystals and things to make it look a little different. But in terms of my preliminary floral proposal from my planning session, I didn't really change much. I thought it was, it was pretty good. I didn't, I didn't focus a lot of time and energy on it and it turned out great.
0: Okay. So can you give me a bit of a timeline of how that ran? Because it sounds like it was unusual using the fireworks as your cocktail hour at the Grand Floridian. I take it you were at the marina or someplace for the cocktail hour?
1: Correct. Well, we were supposed to be at the marina. Unfortunately, they did have to call that for rain. It didn't actually end up raining, though. It was just it had a fifty percent more chance. I think in the window that Disney was going to be doing the setup, that it was supposed to rain, and so they had to call it. But I'm going to tell you what I was a little upset about that because I planned to have it at the marina and outdoors, and I had glowing centerpieces at the tables and things that would kind of go with that venue. But when it doesn't rain in Florida, when you don't have that break from the humidity, it's a zillion degrees. (laughs) So being indoors, we ended up having the cocktail hour instead in the Whitehall room, which was perfect because they used the patio, they used the indoor section, and then they gave people the option of then going to the marina to view the fireworks. So it ended up working out well. But in terms of timeline, back to your original question, it was a pretty long day. It went by extremely fast though. So we had the Carolyn Allen's folks come at 9 a.m. to start the dress steaming and all of that process. And then when they left at about 11, the bridesmaids and the mothers and myself all went to breakfast. And then once breakfast was over, at 1 p.m. is when the hair and makeup people arrived. And... I believe they wrapped up at around 5:30, somewhere in there. At about 5 p.m., the roots came and the uh, my videographer came. And once everybody, once they came, it really flew by, you know. So at about 5:30 p.m., that all wrapped up. We took some photos, getting ready photos, things like that. And then at six o'clock was our first look, which we decided to do at the pretty much last second. But it was it ended up being being great. I loved the first look. It's one of my favorite memories of the day. So after the first look, we had a, it was intended to be a 7.30 p.m. ceremony, but I had them move it up a little bit just because we wanted to take some additional photos after the ceremony, things like that. It would just flow more nicely. So we had a 7.15 ceremony at the Wedding Pavilion. At 8 o'clock was cocktail hour, and cocktail hour ran from 8 to 9. And then from 9 to 9.15 was the Celebrate America is the name of the Magic Kingdom 4th of July fireworks show, which they show also on July 3rd, which was our wedding date. And then when that wrapped up at around 9.15, everybody was shuffled back into the convention center and the reception ran from 9.30 p.m. to 1.
0: Okay. And you also added some other events in the days around your wedding. Can you talk a little bit about what those were?
1: I did at a lot of events. I figured that while we were down there and we had everybody that we loved all together, we might as well use the opportunity to get everybody in the same room, have kind of these fun events and do, do some different things. So I didn't just want to have sit down restaurant kind of experiences. I did have a few of those, but I wanted to incorporate a couple of different things too. So. In order of how they took place, we did a wishes fireworks cruise for our parents as a thank you for all that they did for us for the wedding. And then we had a welcome breakfast at the Wave at the Contemporary Resort in the private room, which ended up working out just perfectly. We had 60 attendees at the welcome breakfast, and we fit in there perfectly. The setup was great. Uh, The food was wonderful. The service was amazing. So everything was great for that one. And then that same day at night, though, we had a rehearsal dinner at, if you could even call it a dinner, it was at Splitsville. So what we did there was rented out four lanes. They gave us kind of a corner of the alley. The folks that I worked with at Splitsville too, I can't say enough about them. They were extremely helpful, extremely accommodating, and you know it was just a pleasure to work with them. So they worked with me to kind of corner off a section of the bowling alley. And so we had four lanes there and they set up an entire buffet for us in the back of those four lanes. And we actually had a, the bar was right behind there too. So we were able to, to cut costs instead of doing a per person buffet, which would have been, I believe the prices started at about $40 per person for a buffet that gets replenished throughout the night. But when you're looking at having, I think we had about 20 five to 30 people somewhere in that range that was just getting a little pricey so what we ended up doing was ordering a bunch of pizzas and wings and chicken tenders and things like that for the number of people who would be there and they set it up buffet style so it was there all night under burners it was a beautiful setup and folks could go all night and kind of have food so that was a way to save a little bit of money I think that those pizza platters were just shy of $20 per pizza. And so I got a a couple of those together. Maybe it was just a little bit more than that. I'm having trouble remembering, but much less expensive than the per person buffet. And so it allowed us to have a great two hour long bowling event, including a drink ticket for everybody and all of those things for a more affordable price. So that ended up working out really well.
0: That's great. Did you do any kind of a farewell party or...
1: You know what? I was partied out, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like you had a lot of parties. <laughs> I did. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing about the fireworks cruise that I think is worthwhile for folks to know. And I don't know whether I was on, my TC and I joked that I my name was in the Disney system as like, treat her special, you know, she's a bride. Because what happened was I had the thank you, we'll call it the thank you fireworks cruise for the parents scheduled for Thursday, the Thursday night that we were down there. And it was a 90% chance of rain. It was kind of the story of, you know, I mean, again, when you have a, an event in Florida in July, I think it's kind of the way it is. But I had called, and they were able to move the cruise to Friday, which had a much lower chance of rain. So I figured this is a safe bet because the pontoon boats are not necessarily covered. There's a small you know, not an awning necessarily. There's a small covering, but you know, for, for the eight of us on the boat or whatever it would have been, it you know, I, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't gonna rain. So I had I'd successfully worked through the Disney events folks to move the the boat trip to Friday. But it hadn't occurred to me until Friday morning that I had ordered cakes and desserts and coffee and things like that on Thursday for the boat that I had never canceled or moved <sighs> to Friday. <laughs> so here I am in Magic Kingdom. I was ducked into some restaurant, which was you know not any less quiet than standing by the teacups or anything like that. you know. <laughs> but to explain to the very kind folks at Grand Floridian Private Dining that I hope that there wasn't a boat full of desserts out last night that, you know, (laughs) went to waste. And is there anything that can be done? X, Y, Z. And their answer to that was, nope, we got it handled. I asked them, I said, can I have clarification? Handled how? Wait, do you need me to show up somewhere? And they were like, nope, nope. When you show up at the boat tonight, everything that you ordered is going to be on that boat. And lo and behold, it was. So if you'd never planned this sort of thing before, you may forget, like I did, that booking the boat is a completely different kind of department than booking the food for the for the cruise. but yes, I did have quite a few events. we did not have a farewell event just because I think that I ran out of planning bandwidth but you know it was uh, the welcome breakfast everybody loved like I said it was at the at the wave and and they were wonderful there and it was a great space you know finding a private space like that in Disney I think is probably more difficult than, than even I had imagined without having to go through private catering or, or anything like that. The wave, I just called them up hundred eighty and the room was still available and they booked me and it was kind of just like a regular advanced dining reservation. We didn't pay ahead of time. Uh, we were able to use the tables in Wonderland card, which was wonderful because it's just kind of a standard dining experience and that applies. So we were able to save a couple of bucks there and, uh, it worked out really well. So, all of my events I think went off without a hitch, mostly thanks to Disney. I will not take credit for that. They kind of took everything and executed it very well. But, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we had quite a few events. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Now, you mentioned that your first look was one of your favorite memories. Do you have any other favorite memories of your wedding day?
1: I do have a standout memory in addition to the first look, and of course, um, you know, getting married, <laughs> which is my very favorite memory. There's something that really all of the other memories don't necessarily even compare to this memory. So from the father-daughter dance, I had this plan all along that we were going to do a slow dance to a song that means a lot to the two of us, and then halfway through, cut in with a song an 80s song called Who Can It Be Now by Men at Work, if anybody's familiar. I love that song. Oh, do you? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I'll have to tell my dad that because at his wedding, he got up and sang that song. Uh So yes, and we have it on video and we just kind of, you know, endlessly laugh about it. It's just a, a funny thing in our family because he's a very reserved kind of quiet guy. And we just love that he went up and sang that song at his wedding. So we had the slow Peter Gabriel song for about two minutes. And then I asked the DJ to cut in with Men at Work afterwards. And so myself, my husband and my mother were the only ones who knew that that was going to happen. So this was a complete surprise. Again, my dad's kind of a quiet guy. He's not really a center of attention type. So I was prepared for him to, you know, kind of laugh, but kind of also be mortified, you know, but in a fun way. And instead, when the song started, he was, I mean, he didn't miss a beat. He got right into it. He was jamming out, you know, and the entire, my whole side of the family who gets the inside joke, who went to my parents' wedding, were screaming and cheering. Everybody loved it. And to this day, that's actually the thing that I hear most from people that they loved most about the wedding. In fact, I was with TC's cousin the other day talking to her. And unprovoked, she said, you know, I just loved that father-daughter dance. And it's funny because she doesn't even get the inside joke, you know. So right. it really, people really loved it. And the fact that it was a surprise and my dad and I were totally into it. And we, we jammed out. We got our, you know, white people dancing on, you know. <laughs> we, had a, yeah, we had a really good time. So that's, that's a great memory that, that really stands out to me.
0: That's great. Well, now I'm going to ask you about my favorite memory of your wedding day. The Roots got this amazing picture of you guys in front of the perimeter fireworks during the special 4th of July wishes. Where did they shoot that?
1: So interestingly, this was not supposed to be the original spot from what I understand. Uh, It ended up working out perfectly. As I'm recording this with you right now I'm looking at our photo it's the background on my laptop I show strangers this photo yes we're very excited about the photo and so thankful to Nate and Z for getting this for us but when we were moved indoors we had originally had the marina and sago key we had both locations though just because of the size of our party and the amount of food we were having xyz so when we were moved indoors, they continued to hold the marina, but Sago was kind of released back to the public. And so when we had gone out there for our photos, the Roots, I think, had planned on having us on ground, on cement, out there at the very edge of Sago, because it was a private area that we had roped off. But again, that didn't end up working out. So what happened instead was I remember clearly Jency coming over and saying are you okay in heels going on to the grass right now? Because we think we have a fabulous location for the fireworks and I just implicitly trust the roots. You know, I think they're artistic genius. So I said, whatever needs to be done, you know, I mean my, I'll let my heels sink right into the grass. If you know anything for a good fireworks photo. Cause like I said, we kind of built the day around the fireworks. So this was going to be a priority for us. So where this was is, At the very edge, right past Sago, but on the grass right past there, where you don't even necessarily, you're not even necessarily allowed to walk. There were guest rooms behind us, but that's about it. We were actually in a pretty private location, so it ended up working out really well, and we had a completely unobstructed view of the fireworks show, of the perimeter fireworks, the fireworks over the castle, everything. We had a completely clear view, and it made for fabulous photos. So, um, yes, we went uh, kind of off the beaten path there, but for, for good reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected other than of course being moved due to weather?
1: No, I think that the only thing that I would say that that went wrong, quote unquote, because I actually think it worked out for the best was being moved indoors. But again, having that sort of air conditioned option for folks and the marina still being held for the fireworks and stuff, it had the pretty much exact same effect. So I think that uh, barring that kind of one thing, um, no, everything else went went really well.
0: That's great to hear. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now?
1: I don't think that there's anything that I would have done differently, especially in terms of the day of, you know, I'm, I'm very glad that we ended up opting for the first look. I told myself in the morning to just, you know, even if things went wrong to enjoy the day, you know, you get so few kind of days that are pure joy in your life. And, you know, I, I was determined that my wedding day would be one of them and I could stress about being moved indoors on a Tuesday afternoon or something. You know what I mean? There's plenty of time to stress about the things that didn't go exactly according to plan afterwards. But in terms of planning, I think that I had a fabulous planner and, you know, everybody on the Disney team did a great job with all of my events, including the wedding. So there's nothing I would have changed on that end. I'm glad that we changed over to the Grand Floridian. It worked out perfectly. And, you know, I really enjoyed my day. So I can't say that there's really anything that, that I regret.
0: That's awesome. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney wishes brides and grooms?
1: You know, I think that using the Disney the Disney boards and using resources and bouncing ideas off of other brides was invaluable to me. There were so many things that I learned from everyone on the boards that, you know, things that I hadn't thought of, cost-saving tips, different ideas for, you know, what you can do with locations and budget and all of these different things that, again, I just didn't think of. So my wedding wouldn't have been the same without the tips from everyone in the Disbride Bride community and from your book and just all of these resources that are out there. I think it would be a mistake to not at least check out what others have done and, you know, if you have questions to, to put them out there. And cause it's just a great resource and a great community of folks.
0: Definitely. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day?
1: I just got my photos back, so in the next few days I am planning on posting my photos on my wedding website, which I have now paid for the domain, so I think I have it forever. <laughs> so it is taranntc.com and uh, I will be posting all of the photos up there. Unfortunately, I don't have social media accounts. I say that I'm an insult to my generation, <laughs> but I will be posting the photos up there and uh, I'm on the Diz board. So if anybody um, you know, ever would like to see any photos or anything like that, I'm, I'm there as well. Awesome.
0: Well, Taryn, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I think it's going to be really instructive to anyone planning a wishes event or perhaps wondering what to do about having a Catholic ceremony combined with a Disney ceremony and, of course, anyone who wants to add some other events to their day. So I appreciate your taking the time.
1: Thank you so much for having me again. And thank you so much for your help throughout the whole planning process. I really appreciate it.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at disneyweddingpodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairytale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide